EWN Sport presents the Pitchside Podcast with Ahmed Kaji and Michael Pedro. Every player is going to do three things. Can he defend? Can he score? And can he fucking create? If you can't do two of those things, you're wasting that time. You're always wasting that time. Score, create, defend. You do two things, you're okay. And goalkeepers, yes, you should do two things as well. Can you defend? Yes. Can you attack? Good kicking. Can you score maybe a free kick or a penalty? Now most goalkeepers take penalties in the penalty shootout. So there's three things every footballer must do. The rest is quite complicated. That was four-time PSL winner and current Birdvest Vits coach Gavin Hunt speaking to some of the UJ and Vits players ahead of their crucial semi-final clash here on Pitchside Podcast. My name is Ahmed Kaji. And I'm Michael Pedro. In this episode, we are featuring all of the semi-final action as well as a little bit more on what Gavin Hunt had to say to the players ahead of their big clash. The early game of the day, Tix taking on TUT at the Tix Stadium, a repeat of the opening game of the season and also a repeat of last year's final. It was a bit of a cagey start, probably due to the heat as well. So it wasn't a real hot affair in the opening half. Wow! It was a hot affair as in the atmosphere but not the atmosphere you on see, the field. now you've explained the joke and it's lost its meaning. I'm sorry. It didn't have much meaning to begin with, but yes. whatever meaning it had, it's now lost. Yeah, speaking <laughs> about that, it was a very cagey start, like you mentioned, very few chances created with just uh, five chances created between the two teams over in the first uh, 45 minutes. And then going into the second half, uh, Turks were playing the more attacking football, but it seems that TUT have continued their form of just going into the game and snatching out a mistake or snatching that easy goal and it seems that they have done this uh, in this game over here. The winner eventually came from the captain of TUT, Elliot Siema, in the 70th minute of the game. So TUT again, as you say, relying on their defensive stability to keep them in the game as long as they can and then grabbing that all-important winner near the end. Speaking after the game, uh, Elliot Siema mentioned how happy he was uh, with the result. Um, uh, we started uh, the game very slow. We, 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 we tried uh, by all our means to, to maintain them and in the second half we, we did make, manage to get a breakthrough and we scored. So I think uh, we, we are happy about the win so we, we're just waiting for the final and hopefully we win the finals as well. Yeah, in the previous round, uh, before the semi-finals, they obviously went up against uh, Fitz and they conceded two goals and uh, defensive errors which caused those and uh, they will be really happy to have at least maintained that clean sheet, pounced on the mistake that came through from uh, their Pretoria rivals, uh, Turks, and they'll be taking on uh, Fitz uh, in the final, which will be taking place at the Fitz Stadium. And uh, who would have thought that Fitz finishing fourth were going to get a home final? Who would have thought Vitz would have got a final anyway? I mean, they were taking on top of the table UJ in their semi-final at the UJ Soweto campus on top of that. So it was a big test for the men in blue. And it's something that they looked up for in the beginning of the game. They were attacking. They were playing the better football in the first half. Second half, UJ came out and they really showed that they wanted to improve on their first half performance and also to do their home fans proud. They really came out strong in the second half, forced Matthew Carlson, the Vitz goalkeeper, into a number of good saves, including a penalty save as well. Makete Mokhaila, he was brought down um, in the Vitz box uh, with the Orange Army being awarded a penalty. 
the center, the crowd, uh, into massive cheers. Obviously, premature celebrations uh, seems to be a South African problem when uh, <laughs> qualifying for tournaments. And uh, UJ's Carl Clements uh, stepped up to the plate and shot uh, to the bottom left of the goal. And uh, the ever-vigilant fit goalkeeper, Carl, so who we featured just last week, yes. uh, he saved the ball with an outstretched glove. So I think we were the good luck charm. Even if we weren't, we'll claim credit for Oh, no, it. we definitely will do that. Tweet us on hashtag pitchsidepodcast or leave us a voice note. Well, after that penalty save, uh, both teams were pushing for that most important winner and tried to get the first and probably the only goal in the game, which would have sealed victory and a spot in the final. But it seems that a penalty shootout, the dreaded penalty shootout, as they normally say, was going to uh, determine who was going to meet TUT in the final and get a home final at that. Yes, UJ went first in the spot kick. They scored their first penalty. Then Matthew Carlson, the man of the match, saved two of the home side's next penalties. And in the end, Vitz ran out 4-3 winners. More convincing from the spot, although there was one penalty that you were very angry at. You cannot be doing Panenka penalties at this <laughs> level, at this stage in the tournament. No. But did no, he score? Please, no. But did he score? <laughs> Yes, he did, but no! With <laughs> no, oh. assistant coach Alzebi van Yerden spoke about how his team relished being the underdogs heading into the game and clearly it paid off. I mean, there's been people that have said that, hey, we don't have a striker, we're not going to go far in the tournament. And I told the boys, look, we have to look at what we have. We have quite a few number 10s in the team. We don't have much pace like UJ and other teams. So we got to find another way to play and we've just got to believe in it. And the boys have believed in it. I mean, this was a game of two ups. First off, I think we were all over them. You know, it's just that I was, I was a bit sad that we never took one or two of our chances, you know. We rested six players against TUT. We allowed the younger boys to play. The fact that we scored two goals the first year is the first time playing. So that's fine, TUT, at home. It will be a good day. A good day for us, that I know for sure. All of the spotlight was on Matthew Carlson, man of the match performance, saving a penalty in regulation time, saving two in the shootout. This is what he had to say after the game. I'm ecstatic to be in the final, but I mean, I heard someone say it was the Matthew Carlson show. It wasn't that, it was the Virtue University show. And we got, we did what we needed to to get to the final. And I played my part, I just did my job, and my teammates took it home for me. What is your mindset going into the penalty shootout as a goalkeeper? It's simple, you know, you just, you, you, I've, I've learned to study players and know what they're going to do, where they're going to go, so I just applied that, what I know, and put it into, into practice. The fact that we didn't get first place, we were going to be denied a home final, but um, yeah, due to formalities, we obviously got it. This week's feature on Pitchside Podcast is, of course, four-time PSL champion Gavin Hunt. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, he was speaking to UJ and Vitt players ahead of their semi-final clash. And he mentioned a number of things going back to how it's important to balance studying and playing football, how it's important to be active off the field as well as on it. And he really gave some professional insight into how these varsity football players are able and can take the next step to making it into a professional setup. One of the things that really stood out for me was Kevin actually telling the players that they should know their positions before going into coaching sessions. I think the biggest problem in South African footballers is they don't know where they play. Because generally they come to me and play attacking midfield. I said, so don't you defend? <laughs> no, defend. Uh, defending midfield. So don't you attack? <laughs> so I think a lot of players, generally because of maybe youth development, where they come from, what sort of development they've had, but identification of position specific, we do not do in this country. 
Like if he's a winger, <coughs> and you're not blessed with too much pace, maybe I'll make you a fullback. Get what I'm trying to say? Maybe if you're a bad set of midfield player, a bit of a donkey, but you work hard, maybe I'll make you a centre-back. I always tell you, good strikers make good centre-backs, eventually. In the last two years at Vince, I've taken midfield players, made them full-backs, and they play for South Africa. Is it me? As much as football is played on the field, there are also factors off it that contribute to a player's lifestyle and the way that they play. Gavin Hunt actually spoke towards that, saying that players need to be mentally stimulated off the field as well, whether it be starting a business, whether it be studying. He mentioned that it's exceptionally important for them to be busy off the field. The biggest problem we have is young players are 21, 22. In the world, the rest of the world, the real football world, young players are 16, 17. And I think that's where the problem comes in because you're getting a guy 21, 22 who's all of a sudden hit the jackpot and all of a sudden there's money now because money is where the problem comes you know and you're taking a boy that hasn't had anything in life and all of a sudden he's got a salary of XYZ which is way above what he should be earning because maybe if he had started at 16, 17 you know trying to finance money and trying to help him with those type of things I think he would have had a better chance at 21, 22 when the big money does come Maybe the other problem we have in South Africa as well is that money comes too early in terms of too big where we should be starting on lower scales. I mean, I started as a professional footballer earning 90 rand a month, picture the scene, 50 rand a win, 25 rand a draw. I've got the pay slips still at home. Nowadays, obviously, we all know inflation and those type of things. So we lived, to, you know, we lived on a salary that was very small if you comparison today. And people say it's all about, you know, it's, believe me, it's not because it was small in those days. And the other thing as well, as professional footballers, in our day, we worked. So either you were a student, so most of the Vits University, when Vits University in my time, they obviously were at varsity, yeah, and they played professional football. So they were earning a basic salary of X, Y, Z then, and obviously being in the varsity as well. So I also feel that young players today, you take our guys here, we've got guys here, 1920, they play football and nothing else. I do think they need to do something else. They need to be involved in something, be it studying, be it working, be it trying to get into a business by doing something because I think that does build your character to understanding and the mental state is good. It makes you a better person, I think. That's my opinion. Something I found interesting as well was the fact that he mentioned how players need to be able to communicate with their coaches and not just rely on their coaches looking at them and coming to them and picking out problems in their own game or in their own personal life. He emphasized the fact that players need to be open in their relationships with coaches as well. He also mentioned something that I heard a lot growing up was that I need to get off my cell phone. Yes. So there was also that <laughs> that he spoke about. I think, I think these days a lot, of, a lot of young players don't know how to talk and how to come forward to ask a question. Because it's all, we're all about, yeah, you do blah, 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 blah. What about you coming to me? Because I can help you, I've got some experience. Because in life, how do you get experience? You know, when you're old. I wish I knew what I know now when I was like 16, that would be unbelievable. Where you go from outside of your family, because your family is your team. So like a kabooza, let's mention him, because we all saw what happened last week. I don't think it should have got to that situation. Because I think he should have been taken out of that situation before he got put back in. Because he went, game, he played us. I mean, he couldn't hit the bond or the banjo. He played the next team. Sorry, I'm only joking. He played the next team. So by the third, fourth game, for me, maybe. So 
what's happening around should be taken out, put on say, listen, well, let's do it the other way, let's bring it in maybe. What happens outside, when they go to the, wherever they go, families, friends, that is a problem. And I do think, I know when I was a player, I lent on my manager, I lent on my teammates, I lent on them as a young boy. And I do think the young, the young generation of today, <coughs> the reason why they don't talk, because they talk on WhatsApp. When I took a girl out, I had to phone the house. Mr. So-and-so, is your daughter there? No, she's not here. Why? Do you understand? Nowadays, you're talking to your girlfriend at 3 o'clock in the morning on the WhatsApp. So people don't talk anymore. I have a thing in my team. When we have a meal or we get together, no cell phones. Because if you go down for a meal, everyone's on a cell phone. Yes? We need to talk, guys. We need to talk. You need to talk to me. I need to talk. I want to find out who your father, who your mother, your sister. I want to know what's going on. I'd like to. And I think young generation today don't talk. In your next episode of Pitchside Podcast, we feature the female varsity football players, of course, ahead of their tournament taking place over the weekend. It's going to be very exciting action. They're squeezing all of their games into a few days. So we'll catch up with some of the players as well and see how they cope with games being played in such a short space of time. For now, we're going to feature the captains of the various teams to see how preparations have been going ahead of the tournament. Please uh, feel free to head over to at EWN Sports on Twitter throughout the weekend. We will be coming to you live uh, from Pochettro. Stay up to speed with the best weekly coverage of Varsity Football with the Pitchside Podcast. Subscribe now via your favorite podcast app.